and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. San Francisco time on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the 11th album from Slater Kinney called Little Rope, and the first song is called Hell. Yes, we have talked about Slater Kinney albums many times on this podcast, but if there is a Slater Kinney album released, we are going to listen to it. And that's really all we'll want to listen to um, for the ensuing couple weeks. So we had to talk about this one. Yeah, this is a band that I think has been at the top of my list since I first saw them back in 2000. Bill Clinton was still president. And... Well, and I believe that after Path of Wellness, you thought they might not be your favorite band anymore. And has this album changed that opinion? Well, yeah, they it's been an arc. And it, every time one of their albums come out comes out, I, I almost think, like, why would I be listening to anything else? But there's always how strong is that feeling is the question. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, you know, admitting my bias and any band that spends that long sort of as the top of your list, you start to get can they top themselves and like no they have this and so this is all about finding new avenues for them this is their second record since the departure of uh, legendary drummer janet weiss from the band and and their previous record which was their pandemic record the path of wellness that was fine but not as memorable i would say as most of their songs and this is a band where every album has a number of songs that are just goosebumps Mm -hmm. and after that opening which is starts with a synth this is not a synth band very quickly they let us know this is the same band when corin tucker's voice kicks in at full banshee whale you know okay they're back and the goosebumps are back and i'm a happy camper yeah i was at first very critical of the fact that they put the song first because i initially felt like it was one of the weaker songs on the album but you know I've read some interviews with both of them and they've talked about how this is like the way to drop us as listeners into this world where you know there's this culture of violence that's taking over and we're in a really difficult spot and that that is like what the what the frame of reference the album is going to be in and the way that her vocals are so dramatic and the way that the guitars really come in and angie boylan is the drummer who has 
been with them since toured with them since 2019 and she drums on the entirety of this record and just really bringing that full power it also made me feel like oh this is their way of saying like we're we're back to do the things that we're really great at yeah this is you know corin tucker who i think what Rolling Stone called the 155th best singer of all time. <laughs> I would put her quite a bit higher on the list. But well, I mean, I think, you know, there's, I don't know how technically good she, yeah. of a singer she is. Yeah, well, I, I again. She has a remarkable, yeah. unique yes. voice. Her voice is so powerful. And again, it's one of those things like, if I'm listening to someone else sing, when I could be listening to Corn Tucker sing. It's like, well, why? And one thing that I did appreciate, though, because in the all of the publicity leading up to this this album like oh it's going to be about yeah, dealing with this just scary nihilistic world that we're in and uh some situations that happened that we'll we'll talk about on subsequent songs but that oh we really wanted to let corin step forward and do the singing but that right after this first track the second track carrie brownstein steps up and like no i'll, I'll front this one it's a little track called needlessly wild Since leading the charge, we are back to all guitar-driven madness. And what I'm really excited about here is that this is, yeah, Carrie Brownstein singing guitar-driven and, you know, bringing back Rolling Stone. They ranked, I think, Carrie Brownstein as the 64th best guitarist of all time, a slightly fairer ranking because she is just amazing if, uh, has this very kind of idiosyncratic style. But I like here that they've, really i think going for a different guitar sound because it's like in the original incarnation of the band uh up through their seventh record they kind of perfected this very minimalist clean sound then went to this completely blown out over the top just arena rock sound on the seventh record the woods which was uh, the first produced by uh dave fridman and then they went on hiatus uh, came back, went back to their original uh, go-to producer, John Goodmanson, and had this different guitar sound for the teens that still felt like a natural evolution of what they'd been doing before the woods. And now I feel like there's this further evolution of just like different guitar effects that feel very Slater Kinney, but not just retread, not just... Yeah, this album was produced by legendary producer John Congleton. And so I, I think he brought a lot to the sound on this record. He's very 
I mean, like all good producers, he's he lets the band be themselves, but also has an opinion about how, you know, things can be improved. And apparently there was a little bit of tension. I mean, just like when you feel very impassioned about your work, a little bit of tension on some of his suggestions, but they really appreciated his input. Yeah, that it, it really comes to this place where it's Carrie Brownstein's vocals here are very kind of new wavy and the lyrics are so self-aware and self-deprecating. And this kind of just like, I'm the life of the party. I know I'm the death of the party. I'm actually kind of ruining everyone's fun by being this person who's aging and having to go back, go to bed at sunset. I sat and, with the sun. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any relationship to that. What's our bedtime <laughs> again? Uh, but then uh, the instrumentals are this super unhinged guitar with these crazy squeals of feedback. Alongside that, though, is this kind of keyboard synth that's out of tune but in a way that it makes it feel kind of like this honky-tonk piano mm -hmm. and so it's got this little for all of the madness happening it's still kind of anchored in this blues sound that's barely there but yeah i think it's just the entire mix going on here is fantastic i also really like her the griminess of her vocals they're very uh i, I don't know how you would describe that effect but they feel very rough yeah, I am not an expert on effects pedals. So yeah. what, whatever the effect, yeah, it just sounds washed out and angry and funny and delightful. And yeah, I don't know if this is the best song of the record. It might be the most fun song. It's on the, the most wild flag song, which I think was a really great influence on Carrie Brownstein's songwriting. Yeah, for sure. So we come from, from this back to um, one of the singles and another Corn Tucker fronted song that leans heavily into the synths. It's called Say It Like You Mean It. was about halfway done when Carrie Brownstein found out that her mother and stepfather had been killed in a car crash in Italy and it was Corin Tucker who had to give her the news because she was still listed as Carrie's emergency contact with the Italian government and so they were the person that she was the person that they were able to reach and so that informs a lot of the loss that this that comes through on this record but it's also just about loss in general and you know, feelings of loss associated with what has what is happening in the country. But the quote from Corin Tucker about the song that I read in an interview was um, was the song is like about saying goodbye. And, you know, you know, that goodbye is coming at some point. And I know it sounds like it's a downer, but it's meant to actually be sort of live life while you have it. Say the things you need to actually say to that person while you have the time together. Yeah, it's a song that I had kind of a journey with where this was the second single um, where the first was Hell, then this song, and then the final track was the last single. Each came with a video, 
each very different in style. And I was listening to this and it's in some ways like the least Slater Kinney song. Like yeah. it's so synth forward and so major key. Yeah, too. it's very yeah, pretty major key, pretty, you know, in its sound hopeful, even as it's kind of bittersweet. And it also uh, where the first song, the video starred Miranda July, very kind of quirky, out there, conceptual artist. Then the video for this stars Jerry from Succession, Jay Smith Cameron, who yeah. is a show that's super popular. And it's and so the song is kind of seems to be seemed to be kind of pulling its punches. And it had this even like more populist video and everything about it. And yet it's like it still works. It still has that earnest energy that really hits hard and is appropriate yeah for going through that loss and, and then in, really to watch the video and then i came to appreciate oh there's even like it brings in all this other subtext about like oh you're saying goodbye but then there's also this entire theme of like the invisibility of women as they get older which is something that you know is going to definitely inform a band where they're 50 like it's mm-hmm. it, and they rock this hard and what does it even mean to be still at it 11 songs in and during your sixth decade of life that's crazy yeah, and it's I, I find this i really like this song but i find it to be a little bit repetitive and i found a quote from carrie brownstein where she talks about repetition in in their songs in particular and she says it's about creating community and getting people to sing along with you because you've only said a few things and now you're going to say them again and basically like they they get so much energy from live shows and that that is like a way to engage people with the music yeah this does feel like oh it's going to be a sing-along in a yeah, huge way totally and, and so we go from this, yeah, this like upbeat and, you know, sing-alongs to a, another song that's kind of pr- kind of weird and also sort of the title track. It's called Small Finds. this and talking about it right after say it like you mean it there's actually a track in between that we'll play later but there's such a great contrast because in this way this song seems to be so much going back to their traditional sound Mm -hmm. and you know mixing it up so it's 
you know, it's new, but it still sounds like the most in some ways like a Slater Kenny song. And so that little line of like, oh, give me a little rope it yeah. ends up naming the record and that little vision of, oh, give me a little freedom. Although in interviews, they've said also little rope can maybe have double meaning of like, oh, I'm going to go hang myself, basically, which is like, ee. but in this case, what I have really appreciated, though, was taking a lot of these uh, songwriting styles of a I think the production really goes back to I think the guitar sound is very squarely no cities to love mm-hmm. for me and then the songwriting feels very much though like their earlier records like I get a lot of like no hands on the bad one in this mm-hmm. like even uh, Corin Tucker singing where she's kind of playful and almost a little seductive and in that style where I think what what came to mind was milkshakes and honey which is the song like <laughs> yeah. from the perspective of a sleazy french guy yeah and here she's bringing that same like hey baby what's going on kind of swagger but to a dog digging up a bone in the backyard yeah I, we had some conversation about like what is this song about and i i think it's very much like a cat or a dog and they they talked about how when they recorded this album there was a cat cafe next to the <laughs> studio so they would like every day they would be checking in like what are the cats doing today and sometimes the cats would not be out because you know they just weren't feeling it that day um, but you know, yeah. Let, let anyone who has had a cat or a dog knows the t- understands the line: "Tastes like liver, feels like love." And and I think what my interpretation of this song is like looking at the way that animals find joy in such small things, and they're so like excited to you know find a piece of garbage that they can get away with eating or whatever, and like using that as a model to like when life is overwhelming and scary to like enjoy the small wins yeah and then in the context of what i love is that all of that message that's pretty positive even if there is this kind of vague sense of unease and that unease comes from this guitar style in this verse where it's just this super screechy and discordant and so you feel kind of unsettled and then the choruses are very Corin Tucker band like it sounds like the most like you were talking about that other song sounding like Wild Flag like I feel like this chorus has that kind of bluesy uh, swagger that's very open and I feel like that's kind of Corin Tucker's natural style when left to our devices and I but I love again so much about this band is because you've got these such different artistic visions and combining and consulting with each other and even if you know this record the bar is set so high that I'm not sure that they're achieving that as well as some other earlier work. It's still here and it's still powerful and it's still essential. And I'm glad they're sticking with it. Yeah. So the next one we'll play is called don't feel right. After Janet Weiss left the band, some of 
I think the like the next album was just the percussion wasn't that great and it was you could really like sense the loss but I feel like this is an example of a song where I really love the drumming and the shaker percussion and it really brings the songs to life in a way that not to say that Janet Weiss isn't missed but I think Angie Boylan is a really excellent drummer yeah she's again it's how hard is it to replace one of the best drummers yeah ever <laughs> like she is amazing and Angie Boylan is very very good and that's again like the same thing with this band it's like a band that has been the best band making the best music that gives at least gives me goosebumps anything less than that it's like oh no and you're like no this is still really good <laughs> it's just yeah. unfortunately it's not janet weiss and that's a tough comparison that's setting I, the bar so high i did see that she that boylan drums for melissa marissa paternoster's band of the screaming females well, I mean, she's got the chops. It's not surprising she's in demand. I also saw that uh, John Congleton produced, but also had some credit for additional percussion. So, oh, interesting. Maybe uh, he's doing that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's a few places. There was another track that had kind of a little like synth woodblock sound mm-hmm. kicked in, I think, on the last track we played. And these just little touches do flesh it out. And I do want to call attention, though. I think on their last album, there like, was the first and so far only record where they nominally had a bassist credited Mm -hmm. and they always in their earlier incarnation as the power trio were like nope we're never ever 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 gonna have a bassist and then had credited bassist on the last album so it was kind of a relief to look at him like nope they they've realized that they don't need a bassist (laughs) they just they tune their guitars really low Mm -hmm. and so it it gives it this very kind of rough rough sound where you can get an approximation of a bass but then with these interlocking melodies it's way way better than a bassist so the next song we'll play is called crusader Is it trying to save us? Reimagine and rename us. You're burning all the books in this town, but you can't destroy the words in our mouths. So do yourself a little favor. No one asked for a crusader. This is such a great pairing with the previous track we played, which was the super upbeat, danceable, kind of new wavy song about being super depressed and dealing with grief. And now we have the most explicitly political song all about these book banning uh, right wing activists. And it's almost like a disco track in that chorus. It's crazy. Yeah, well, Carrie has said that it's it's really about the all of the states just imposing these pointlessly cruel laws to punish trans and queer kids and yeah. i think it's really powerful that the last line of the song or the last two lines of the song is you know forget the pain and let the uh, drum bang out the echo it catches on you're never alone we're always with you now the words the beat the sound and it's like a you know it's like it's it's a frustrate a song of frustration but also like a rallying cry of like we see you and we're here for you yeah and it's and it's really 
yeah, it's a you know, chunk in the middle of the song is very much like say that to my face. Like if we're in it's like we're in the room together, I'm not leaving. I'm not backing down. <laughs> say it to my face that you think that I am evil because, yeah. you know, Carrie has been out as queer for most of her life at this point and is not going to apologize for that. And I do not want to get in a fight with Carrie Brown. <laughs> I think she could kick my ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just really like the the feel of the song. It's it's f- like the tone of the lyrics is frustrated, but it's also catchy and upbeat and it, you want to dance to it. And I think that is it's it's a inherent message about the power of music of like even in a really difficult situation, like we can com- connect to each other through music. Yeah. So from here, we go into the uh, previously teased final track and last single and that is called Untidy Creature. What is it called? Untidy Creature. I can talk. <laughs> there was a time when I saw it outside. Followed the air, turned left, turned right. Now with the move, you close the lock. The world outside is what I want. A rattle and shake inside. Push against your album because you know i read it as being about the way that women's bodies have been you know we're we're told we don't have bodily autonomy anymore and like you can put us in a cage but we're not going to go away and uh corin's quote about this song and she said there's a sense of resistance that comes from doing what you think is important and making music if it helps you get through life that's a way of picking a lock that's a way of getting through so take that little slice of hope at the end of the record to be like yeah this is difficult but we're not giving up we're still here yeah, and it's a, an emotional journey, a sonic journey, where we get at the beginning these guitars that sound so, like the most like the woods, where they're just completely blown out, overdriven, beyond comprehension. And then it backs out into that bridge where it's just this very natural piano-sounding keyboard with a little bit of synth and Corin Tucker's lovely voice just saying, this is the position, like, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to put me in this box and I refuse. And it is sometimes the quiet stuff hits the hardest so we're gonna go out we we normally pay, play the last song last but we wanted to talk about this song a little bit and why it was such a great way to end the record so um we're gonna instead go out with a song that we hadn't talked about earlier called hunt you down yeah it's a it's a banger <laughs> and we've been discussing slater kenny's 11th album wow <laughs> little rope and you've been listening to for the record thank you so much for listening Get ready.
member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.